KTRH Garden Line does not necessarily endorse any of the products or services advertised on this program. Welcome to KTRH Garden Line with Skip Richter. Good Sunday morning. You are listening to Garden Line, and as always, we're here to talk about the things you're interested in. And, uh, you know, earlier on, I was someone was asking me about, uh, you know, providing a quick uh, kind of an organic uh, dose of something to to get a plant started and going. And I, I was talking about one of the Hastagro products by Medina. Well, the Hastagro 6126. That is the one that I love to use for uh, watering in new transplants. And uh, it's got a lot of phosphorus in it. And as the plant's getting started, having a good phosphorus content in the root system, along with the nitrogen and the potassium, uh, is a good idea. Plus, it's got the Medina soil activator is a biological stimulator. It's got humic acid in it, seaweed, seaweed, seaweed extracts <laughs> seaweed extracts as well that stimulates fruiting and blooming it's just a good product overall uh, i will basically put some and i like the little quart bottle that has a cup installed it's part of the plastic bottle and you can just you know measure it right out into a watering can and i always will drench in a new transplant with a product like that and you're going to have success you know there's there's just a lot of great medina products out there you can go to medinaag.com to find out more information you're going to find those kind of products all over the greater Houston area because that is the kind of uh, distribution chain they have that provides it so it's so easy to find. That is one of the important things. You know, I hate to recommend something and someone goes out there and says they can't find it. Well, you can find it. So, all right. Well, we have some special guests in the studio. We've got Jason and Bob from Peerscapes today, and you've been hearing me talk about them earlier this morning. Uh, they're here to answer all kinds of gardening questions. We're just going to chat shop here about landscaping and gardening and whatnot, but we invite you to call 713-212-5874. Jason, welcome. Hey, it's good to see you again, Skip. It's good. I appreciate you being willing to come out here. I figured you were always so booked up you would be out on a job right now at this hour on Sunday morning. <laughs> well, uh, people tend to not like us showing up around 7 or 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning, but we'll you be know, there by 9 or 10. You know, when I start the show, several times the listeners are familiar with us, but I'll say if you look at your neighbor's house and the lights are off because it's dark outside, go bang on the door and tell them they're missing Garden Line and they will rise up and call you blessed, but not today, but someday when they <laughs> realize what a favor you did them. I doubt anybody's tried that. I hope not. Uh, we just have another Houston shooting going on. <laughs> well, Jason, tell me about Peerscapes. I'd love to hear about, you know, the company overall, uh, the kind of services you guys provide, and just kind of give us an overview. Yeah, sure. Uh, Peerscapes has been around for over 30 years in the Houston area. Um, we've been a longtime partner of Garden Line. Mm-hmm. Um, we do just all types of different landscaping, your traditional landscaping of coming out, redoing beds, putting in ledge stone, building out beds. Um, that's really our bread and butter. That's mm-hmm. what we do the most of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also do a lot of irrigation, the installation of sprinkler systems, multi-zone okay. systems. Uh, we've done 
sprinkler uh, systems up to 25, 30 zones wow. to as few as three or four zones. So we kind of run the gamut of the irrigation systems that we install. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, we also do irrigation repair. Um, you know, especially this time of the year when there's no rain, people are really putting a strain on their irrigation system. They're watering a lot. Right. Heads are getting broken. Coverage isn't um, uh, as as uh, as good as it should be because mm-hmm. of low water pressure. People are seeing their plants dying. Uh, we do offer service to come out and, and okay. look at irrigation systems and do do an inspection, uh, look to see what repairs need to get done. So you can do an overall inspection, evaluation of the system and see what needed. You know, I... Jason, I think probably when I go anywhere I go, I'm, I mean, I don't go out doing irrigation consultations or anything, but every time I see an irrigation system running, I see something wrong with it. <laughs> There's a head that's, it's too much pressure and a mist is drifting. It's uh, the, the heads, the, the coverage isn't coming together like it should. So you got these little dry spots. So you waste water trying to keep the dry spots. Healthy. Exactly. Yeah. Or uh, broken lines and, you know, running in the rain because they don't have a rain switch or something. I mean, yeah. There's just a lot of issues out there there are lots of issues and and one thing i'm very proud of is you know we have all the license and the technicians and so everything that needs to be required by the state of texas we have uh so i know that my designers and my individuals performing the work are certified with the state they have their current continuing education that needs to be done and i know they're going out there and doing the proper work which is why sometimes you may not get the proper coverage because yes. if you don't have a licensed technician putting this in, right. you may not get the best quality that's out there. Well, and you do have that quality of people, and that's one of the things I appreciate about Peerscapes. I mean, I think your average employee's been around about 10 years, and you got people that have been with you for 26 years. Yeah, exactly. If you just look at kind of my three top foremen between them uh, is roughly 75 years of experience. 75, wow. All at Peerscapes. Wow. So they haven't been out working at yeah. other landscape companies. They have been with Peerscapes between three of my top foremen. One guy's been there for over 30 years now. Good night. Um, and so that's what's good is we know the type of work that they perform. We know where their strengths are. Uh, <clears throat> one crew may be a little bit better with flagstone or walkways. Mm-hmm. So we'll try to push that over there. Someone else may be a little bit better with the irrigation systems. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have crews that can multitask and also just cross-pollinate the crews and yeah. no pun intended you yeah. know cross-pollination but i mean we have a lot of knowledge within our crews that we can move yeah. people around well a lot of people with their irrigation they set it and forget it and uh i guess that works for a while but uh it just over time you can end up wasting a lot of water uh, we talked about all the some of the problems that the system itself has and then we think about the way people operate it. You know, do they put a squirt on every day or do they give it a soaking and let it dry out? You know, when, what time of day are they watering? I mean, you're paying for drinking water yes. to put on your lawn. Yes, exactly. And you also get to pay for sewer when you use drinking you water on your lawn, even though it didn't go down in the sewer. Uh, and so it just makes sense to do it right. Plus, when you miss water, you also create plant, plant problems, which is another thing we yeah. have to deal with. And w- one thing to you mentioned, you know, just kind of people setting it and forgetting it. Uh, one of the things that we, we offer is a quarterly maintenance program. Okay. And with that quarterly maintenance program, our designers will go out, meet with the customer, and you, there's very basic services you can mm-hmm. do, which is just kind of weeding and trimming. Right. And with that is an irrigation inspection, which will come into to your panel, will run the so make sure you're getting the proper coverage. Mm-hmm. But then there are add-ons from there if you want to do mulching, if you want to do seasonal color, mm-hmm. uh, lots of things you can do. But a lot of our customers are signing up for this 
quarterly maintenance program yeah. because they just want a peace of mind. It's one of those things you don't sit around and think about while you're at work is, oh, I wonder how long my sprinkler system's running, right. or I wonder if my heads are broken, or I have proper coverage. We've set it up so that we just come out and every quarter we're doing that for you. Yeah, I can see how that would be peace of mind. I mean, you know, people get busy, they go to work, come home, and you don't want to wait. And one day you look up and there's this big problem that if you'd had you guys coming out and checking on things, and like you said, even in terms of annual color and stuff, keeping it spruced up, that's important. We're going to take a little break right now. Our phone number is 713-212-5874. When we come back, we're going to talk more uh, with uh, Jason and also visit a little bit with Bob uh, about landscape design and some of those things. So give us a call. What kind of questions do you have? We got the experts here. Now's your chance. Good morning. Good Sunday morning. You're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter, and we are here to answer gardening questions, specifically this hour, questions about landscaping. Just all kinds of general landscaping questions. We're fortunate to have Jason from Peerscapes, uh, as well as Bob from Peerscapes, and they, they are the experts. They can tell you the kinds of uh, tips and ideas that you might need to turn your place into a show place. Jason, one thing I always say, when, especially when I'm talking about you guys, is uh, that those of us who are plant collectors, we see plants and we have to have them. We don't think about where am I going to put them. That's, that's a problem for later. we got to get them home first, right? Yeah. And we bring home all these plants and then we just plant them. And our landscapes look like a bomb went off in a garden center and everything landed and rooted where, where it landed. Right. You know, uh, you guys can help with that. <laughs> and so just because we're a plant person doesn't mean we're a designer or have that ability. And Bob, you, you are a designer and, uh, you can provide that. That kind of a service and i would just like to hear a little bit about uh, what are some of the basic things that you look at when you're doing a design uh, what what kinds of ideas do you have i mean you know in terms of how to lay something out what are the situations around the homescape that might be a factor uh, as you go from here's this blank canvas to you providing them handing them a beautiful plan for, for doing that well the first thing the obvious thing we look at is sun, shade, semi-shade. What um, also what we look at is the structure itself. Is it one story? Is it two story? Um, I also look at um, when you put plants together and they're on one watering zone. Mm. That. Uh, they are all good partners in that watering zone. So an agave and azalea both begin with A, but they don't belong side by side, do they? No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think that's that that's lost in a lot of when you're looking at plants and partnering them up correctly. Mm -hmm. Another thing I try to do, and I know uh, people don't have a lot of time to be planting annuals, you know, three times a year mm -hmm. and such, uh, but they want color throughout their landscape. Yeah. What I try to do is um, put things together to bloom at different times, some in the spring, some in the summer, some fall color. We have fall color here. We have fall flowering plants and just kind of mix it up that way. So at least something's going on in the in the landscape throughout the year, you know, a special plant here and there. And uh, 
of That's the grouping of plants. And, you know, that, that tends to fulfill a lot of people's needs as far as I want color by landscape, but... I don't want any maintenance. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good point. It's almost like looking at it with various layers. You know, you you get this uh, thinking about the seasons is important. That's a really good point because our landscapes are a sea of green in the summer. I mean, it, everything blooms in the spring. You know, it's easy to find flowers for spring. Summer's a tougher time. Green grass, green ground cover, green shrub, green trees, and and so how do we get color in there? And then you talk about the four seasons like winter. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine planting all these shrubs around your house and then and winter comes and you realize all the evergreens are over here and everything over here doesn't have a leaf on it? Uh, that's kind of lopsided looking. Yes, it is. So you guys are professionals. You you can look at a landscape from that standpoint. How big is this going to get? Is it going to, you know, so how far apart do I need to put them for right. different things? And you can kind of look at all those layers at once, which is, which is a helpful thing. Yeah, and another thing we try not to do is uh, the instant landscape. Um, that comes with the maintenance. If you do an instant landscape and you you know talk about lack, you don't want a lot of maintenance. Mm -hmm. Well, in two years you're out there trying to keep the plants apart. This is growing into that. I can't see that anymore. Mm -hmm. So we tr try not to do the instant landscape. And that's a challenge. You know, I, I uh, a friend of mine once uh, planted trees in his front yard, and these trees were the size of, of broom handles. I mean, little bee trees. And when I looked, they were like 12 feet apart. Yeah. And and right now they looked kind of okay because they were the size of broomsticks. But I said, do you realize when that, when that grows up, I mean, it's just gonna be, you're not gonna be able to see past the tree trunks to even see the house. Uh, and people don't think about that and they want the instant. And one question I get is uh, like, how far apart do I plant this shrub down a shrub row? And I said, well, if you want fast, you can put them a little closer and get that fill. If you don't save a little money, you can put a little far apart. But uh, some people just aren't patient uh, to wait on on those kinds of things. Right. What right. what what are some of your favorite color plants for landscapes? Like right now, to fight that sea of green, what are some things you feel like people can kind of depend on here in the Houston area that you kind of like to utilize in, in landscape design? Um, as far as uh, annual color is concerned. You know, there's a lot of hot weather uh, uh, plants we can use. There's obviously, there's Vinca, Angelonia, um, Pentas. If you want something that uh, is more trailing, you can use like a Blue Daze, mm -hmm. uh, Purslane, uh, Moss Rose, that mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, perennial color, you got coneflowers, you got some outside the studio here. Mm -hmm. uh, coleus can do well in the shade, or there's some sun coleus mm -hmm. caladiums believe it or not are very very hardy to drought situations mm -hmm. so there's a lot of different things you can use even in the summer yeah that's cool uh there's so much to putting a landscape design together that looks pretty i mean there's the design of it you know do you have little right angles everywhere or some people love that apparently louis the 14th did you look at these gardens and everything is a boxed hedge it's all i can think of is like oh my gosh 50 people with pruning shears are walking around every day trying to maintain <laughs> that ridiculous dr seuss landscape that right. that he created but uh when when you're looking at textures, when you're looking at color, and you know eat the benefits of foliage color and things, there's you can really kind of create a beautiful landscape. It's really important, yeah. you know, especially the foliage color. Yeah, good, good. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, drainage issues in the landscape. I know you guys really specialize in being able to fix 
issues of drainage. And when you combine a place where it rains 50 inches a year uh, and then with hot, heavy clay soils and not always well sloped when the house was put in and the neighborhood put in, uh, we end up with some kind of standing water issues that, that are a problem for plants. What do you do when you walk onto a site and it's like, we got a drainage problem? What, what's your thought process and what are some of the remedies that you can provide for that? Well, the first thing is how do we clear that area of water standing, obviously. The biggest problem I see is when, when it is in, by the foundations and such like that, that are gonna really be troublesome for the customer. If, um, <clears throat> If it's out in the yard, farther out in the yard, I usually ask, how long is it there? How long does it take to dissipate? Mm -hmm. If it's, oh, it's, it's gone in an hour, I don't think you have a drainage problem. Mm -hmm. um, but when it's there for a day mm -hmm. and mosquitoes, then you're looking at problems. Mm -hmm. First thing I do is look at the slope of the land. Can I pipe it out? If I can't uh, pipe it out by gravity, mm -hmm then there's a sump pump involved. Okay, so basically what you're saying is considering how far it is from the wet area to the front curb or wherever you gotta move the water yes. to, uh, do you have enough drop in elevation? I think I had talked to you about that when I was in the, a while back. Right. Because uh, I've got a backyard with that problem, but I think I probably over 100, 120 feet have about two inches of drop, which is probably not going to get the water out of there very good. No, it won't. <laughs> so tell me about the sump pump. How do, what does that look like? Uh, you, you really don't see it. It's it's a box in the ground, usually with a grate on top, mm -hmm. and it's um, it works automatically when that box fills up. Mm -hmm. It turns on, and obviously when when it's pumped out. It uh, turns off. Uh, that's connected to an out, a, a drain that does go to the street. Mechanically pushes it. Okay. Uh, the water out okay. versus you're just gravity. literally pumping it out of air and Correct. to the street. Uh, are, are there issues people need to be aware of? I know the drain has a little grid cover on top or little slots on top, mm -hmm. uh, but you get a lot of organic matter and particulates and is that kind of an issue with the pump or, or what, what kind, how do we deal with that that's the first thing that comes to my mind is well the pump itself has a filter on it on okay. the bottom of it usually we elevate it in the box a little bit either with a brick or something okay brick or something like that mm -hmm. and uh, of course everything has maintenance you know you yes. have to check that every once in a while make sure yeah. that bottom filter isn't getting clogged or it's being used utilized 100 percent. okay good well I, drainage is an issue and uh so if you're living if you're listening to this show listening in the greater houston area you probably have some areas that could use a little benefit uh, from the drainage you know another option that we have is to make lemonade out of lemons and that is to plant plants that will put up with temporary wet like in Louisiana iris and button bush and other things they, they grow very well in temporarily soggy soil uh, and I guess that would be a whole new aspect of design is to just you know when life gives you lemons make lemonade right? there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of cool well uh, we're listening you're listening to garden line uh, and we're here today with uh, Jason and Bob from Peerscapes 
uh, talking about all kinds of things landscaping. So do you have some questions about design? Maybe some of the things we're talking about kind of pique your interest in a particular kind of question. This is your chance to pick the brains of some experts and, you know, get down to the bottom of uh, what do you need to do to have beauty and to have success, uh, long-term success uh, in your landscape. Uh, one of the, <clears throat> one of the uh, uh, topics that uh, maybe we can talk about a little bit before we start uh, but I want to come to when we come back uh, is the issue of uh, landscape lighting. And I believe you guys do some things with landscape lighting as well. Uh, I have, for most of my life, lived in a landscape without landscape lighting. I mean, most people do, I guess. And, oh, my gosh, you walk into a landscape with light at night that's been well-designed, and it, it's just it just turns the whole scene suddenly you know we can't go outside in the summer now because it's so doggone hot but the late evening hours when you have quality landscape lighting and it's maybe a little more tolerable to be outside uh, that's really really a special thing and i, I want to pick your brain about that uh, when we come back uh, in just a moment uh, meanwhile we're going to talk to nikki about all kinds of things news coming up nikki I, I hope you have some great breaking horticultural exciting good news is that, too, <laughs> is that too many adjectives or can you pull that off uh far beyond my skill but we will talk <laughs> about a car hitting a house yes. okay the car yeah. was speeding the house was not well I heard that someone pruned their ficus tree and, and they leak white sap when you do that. And so <laughs> I hear that when it bleeds, it leads. So could we talk about uh, maybe pruning cypress, cypress uh, not cypress, what did I say? Rubber tree. Sorry. Rubber trees. Ficus. Ficus. ficus yeah. Sure. It, it would help if the host of the show knew what the name of a plant was, wouldn't it? <laughs> that, that would help just a little bit. Good morning on a beautiful Sunday morning. You are listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter, and we are fortunate this morning to have with us from Peerscapes, uh, Jason and Bob. And we are talking all kinds of things related to landscaping. This is getting even outside the area of plants at the things we do to make a beautiful landscape. I hope if you have some questions, you'll give us a call at 713-212-5874. They're going to be here for another 30 minutes. And so uh, if you will give us a call, you can get your question answered by the experts. Uh, we were just going into break. Uh, Jason, we're talking about lighting uh, of, of uh, the landscape. And I would like you to tell me a little bit about uh, the kinds of lighting that can be installed, some of the effects, and, and just the, what is the technology out there? What might people be interested in knowing if they're interested in adding lighting? Yeah, um, a lot of people will spend a lot of money on traditional landscaping, mm -hmm. and they don't really think about what happens at night. Mm -hmm. And um, we do a lot of light, landscaping light, that's pathway light, okay. that will light uh, a sidewalk mm -hmm. that's leading to the front door. A lot of lights up lights on homes mm -hmm. that'll cast kind of some light up on up yeah. on it and then some lights that if you had to have a signature plant like perhaps you're right. you have a pool in the backyard and you got two or three palm trees okay put a light on those palm trees that really make that oh, pop nice. yeah. um and so we kind of sprinkle in the lighting around the home and it's not only from a visual standpoint it's also from a safety standpoint 
Yes. Uh, when you come in late at night in your house and, you're, and it's lit up a little bit, yeah. um, it's always nice to have that. So the first point of the light is to really make that landscape pop at night when you mm-hmm. don't see it during the day. And then the ancillary benefit is just having a little bit of safety as well when you come in and come in at night. So, so where are we now with technology? I mean, are we talking about LEDs? Or are we talking about uh, stuff that's a solar operated or that plugs into the wall? Or how does this all work? So we stay away from the solar products. We just haven't had a lot of luck finding a good solar product. That's mm-hmm. not me saying there's not a good solar light product out on the market. Right. We just don't have a lot. We we typically use Kitchler lighting, um, and it's low voltage lighting. And it's controlled through a transformer okay um and that transformer is usually on the side of the house you mm-hmm. set it for the time that you want it to come on okay and you, that's one of those ones that truly unless you have a power outage you can for, you can set it and forget it now you may have to adjust it during daylight savings time or when you know it starts staying lighter longer or get darker earlier in the yes. night you may go out and it's just two little toggle switches on the transformer okay very simple very so simple a little buried wire that goes along from the lights to the transformer mm-hmm. yeah that's cool. Yeah. That's nice. And so, you know, like timing and all that kind of stuff, you don't have to worry about don't it. Don't have to worry about it at all. Turn on. Yeah. That That is great. Well, we had a question uh, come in. Let's go to the phones. Uh, we're going to talk to Marty in Fairfield. Well, hello, Marty. Do you have a landscape question? I do. I sent a picture, but um, Josh said it might be a little difficult for y'all to look at. I have a side yard that has a curving... Um, a, a side like a little sidewalk it's about two feet wide and it's in between a fence and a house so it doesn't get full sun all day long uh in the summer and it does get the brutal sun you know because that's about the only time it really comes down is the middle of the day in between or like where the where the sidewalk sort of protrudes you know, as it turns the curve, I was wondering what kind of plants would you suggest this is to the designer? What in like it's kind of hard to explain. What kind of plants would you suggest so that like people when they're walking the path go, oh, that's a pretty plant, and then they keep walking, they're going, oh wow, that's an even prettier plant. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Uh, I think it does. I believe I'm going to turn that one over to Bob and see what his thoughts are. Yes, yes. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, yeah, with the, with the narrow area like that, um, you're going to have to uh, either use some type of uh, ground cover that blooms for you. Uh, there's a lot of different sedums out there that you can use uh, that'll bloom different times of the year and that are easy control in that area and they're they have some special interests there also you could use something like um dianella which is a variegated flax lily and that that has interest with the variegation in its foliage or there's um dwarf agapanth that blooms late spring for you so there's various plants you can use in that area Okay, I hadn't thought about. Well, I was thinking something taller than agapanthus, but um, usually when you, you have, know something, go ahead. Usually when you have a narrow area like that, um, height comes with with a plant, mm-hmm. so it's really hard to get the height and uh, the width right because it'll over uh, take your walkway and 
then you'll be hacking at it with a, with yeah. pruners and and then your oh. the, the loss of the prettiness of that plant yeah. is gone. You might we might be able to put like a, some sort of a trellis thing over the wall and grow somewhat tame vine on there. That would be not stick out too far. Plus, it'd give you the benefit of not having the sun baking down on that brick uh, for part of the day. So that might be another thing. Right. And right now I have potato vines that are crawling all over the place. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. On one side I have azaleas, and on the other side it's just all potato vines. And they're doing great as far as the vines go. I do have some trellis area, but I don't haven't found any potatoes, so okay. I'm just gonna pull those up. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully that'll give you a few ideas to start. We're going to take a break here, Marty, but I, I do appreciate appreciate that call. Thank you very much. Uh, we are talking to Jason and Bob from Peerscapes today about all kinds of things that involve uh, landscapes and in beautifying your landscapes and hardscapes and lighting and everything else above. Uh, our phone number is 713-212-5874. Uh, Mark and Ralph, when we come back, you'll be the first two up. Good Sunday morning. You're listening to Garden Line. We're talking about landscaping today. We've got uh, Jason and Bob from Peerscapes, and uh, they are answering questions on all kinds of things landscaping. So we're going to go right to the phones and talk to Mark. Uh, hello, Mark. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I live in Friendswood, and we just put a swimming pool in there over the wintertime. And we have a double easement behind the pool, so it's like a 16-foot easement. We can't really have concrete. And so we landscaped most of that area, made it very natural-looking, and we put a flagstone walkway where you can kind of walk through it. Um, we did the flagstone ourselves, and I think we uh, made a mistake because the stones are sliding around and the... Uh, gravel or pea, real tiny pea gravel that we used between the stones is is coming out. And I'm my question is is how do you how do you do it properly? I mean, we googled it, we looked on YouTube, and, and what we did is clearly not right. The only thing I can think of for sure is I probably should have used thicker, heavier stones. We went with the thinner ones that are maybe a half to three quarter inch thick because they were lighter to handle, but then that makes them move around as well. So anyway, I'm going to listen because I'm hoping you can give us some suggestions. Yeah, that's a good, that is a good question, uh, Mark. And I don't know, there may be some additional follow-up information on what did you put under the stones, but I'm, I think, Bob, uh, would you be able to address that for me? Yeah, uh, obviously the base of where you're putting the stones is very important. What what we use is uh, what they call a crushed granite. We have it at least uh, one to two inches thick, and uh, that's what we set the flagstone in. And you're probably right about how thick the stone is. Uh, it has to have some weight to it uh, so it's not tipping and such, even though it, it might be in a good uh, 
good base, but the base we usually use is a cr- what we call a crushed granite, and that's found locally at any uh, soil yard or stone yard. And uh, that granite kind of locks that granite kind of locks in better than like he was talking about pea gravel. That that really shifts around a yes, lot. Yes, it and does. The, the granite kind of settles and locks in pretty well. Yeah, uh, and it compacts real well. Good, good. Do you compact it before you put the stones down? Yes, we do. Okay, so you put the granite down a couple inches thick, compact it, and then lay the stones on top? Yes, we do, and then we'll put some around it to fill in the gaps and such. Good. And then we do, come. Do you, do you guys use any sand? Do you put any bank sand down at all, or you just go no. right on top of the... Uh, okay, so we have... It was grass before... And we dug it out, and it's basically just gumbo soil. And what I did is I laid a thin layer of bank sand down, and then we got this real fine pea gravel that's maybe twice the size of a BB, bags of it. And we set the stones and poured that in the cracks, and it just it's just not working out too great. Yeah, I can see where there's a lot of movement there. You really need to use the, okay. the crushed granite, so... Um, you're going to have to take that up okay. and put a good base down. All right. All hey, right. I Mar- appreciate the help. You bet, Mark. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Uh, you guys, Bob, y'all and Jason, y'all, y'all prefer not to do like cementing the flagstones down, but just laying them like we're talking about with uh, something that's somewhat porous in between them for the rain to go through. And uh, what are the main reasons for that? Why, why do you avoid the, in general, avoid the, the uh, cementing in between the stones? Well, again, like you said, it was um, it keeps the area uh, porous. Porous will not hold hold water on you or block water up in Mm -hmm. in the landscaping. I guess too that you know having the little thin or little stones with just a little bit of cement in them, that soil is going to move so much it's going to be a very cracked, heaved mess before too long, right? Oh yeah, it's different than pouring a back patio or a driveway where you got some thickness to it. Right, and the soil here just it moves so continuously that, you know, even a good thick pad sometimes cracks. That's good. That's good. Good to know. Hey, we're going to go out to Friendswood now and uh, talk to Ralph. Uh, good morning, Ralph. Welcome to Garden Line. Good morning. Just an observation, and wanted to get the professional's opinion on it. I've heard a lot of people talk about when you you're doing some landscaping up next to the house, don't bring that soil up above the slab in the weep holes. Is this correct? That's correct. Okay. Yep. The, the, yeah, there, there's there's a reason those weep holes are there, and uh, we were we had uh, Scott McGrath from Pest Control on uh, a while back, and, and he was talking about termites, and boy, when you cover up the weep holes, you just give termites a nice entrance that when you walk around the house, you can't see the little trails. It's hard to assess. And uh, it plus, you get water moving in there. If you're soiled and the beds is higher than the weep holes. And you want to see some of your foundation also, not just up to the weep holes. You need to I see a little bit of your way. foundation. Uh, what were you saying, Ralph? Well, I was say, I've seen this all the way from Kingwood down to Lake Jackson, where these landscapers come in. And year after year, they keep building up the uh, the mulch or whatever material they put in in the bed just to make it look pretty and I've seen some of them as much as <clears throat> it's three bricks high and the homeowner says well these guys are professionals they know what they're doing and I say I don't think so but 
Just wanted to verify from the professionals. All right. Well, that's a good that's a good question. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I'll attest to the fact that because you see something done around town does not mean it's a good idea. That's why we have crepe myrtles that look like hat racks. We have mulching that looks like a volcano that go in a forest and look for a volcano of mulch around the bottom of a tree. I think it's going to be hard to find. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, just don't assume if it's done locally that it's it's a good idea. Uh, glad you called about that. Well, it's it's good, you know, visiting about all these kinds of things, uh, you know, drainage. We talk about a little bit about lighting, a little bit about hardscapes. I'd like to talk a little more about the use of stone in the landscape. I mean, that is a game changer. You know, when you look at flagstone walkways, when you look at uh, the different kinds of walls and things that can be created, and uh, what are some of the ways that you would use stone in a landscape to kind of, you know, add that impressive factor? Well, one thing that uh, <clears throat> we find a lot in, the, let's say, the older subdivisions that trees have grown up and um, covered a lot of area and grass won't grow and we have to extend the beds out and somebody does, oh, I don't want a bed that big. So what you can do is you can break it up with hardscape, with okay. stone. Uh, you can have a little sitting area. You can have a mm. pathway through it. You can break up that bed that way. Um, which makes it a nice, nice look throughout, and yeah. and you can use it. Yeah. Um, the other stone we use a lot of is a bordering stone, and um, that just defines a bed. It just it it just makes it a nice, neat look. Yeah. And you know, for maintenance purposes, easy to edge edge mm-hmm. around and easy to, to mm-hmm. care for. So it yeah. it just um, highlights the bed a little better. Uh, that and there's so many kinds of stone. I'm just amazed. You know, I just all the options of. I would have just said, well, that's a flat rock, <laughs> and then you go there and there's like eight kinds of versions. One's a little grayer, one's a little redder. One, you know, and they're just beautiful. And then there's a slate if you really want to go all out. Uh, so lots of cool things uh, that you can do. What What are some of the most um, fun changes that you have seen and done in a landscape that you just think is the most pizzazz like somebody comes in and says hey you guys hey perscapes come come do a job for me uh what can i do to just really uh, you know that wow that that was kind of cool i mean would it be a water feature would it be a you know just rock pathways or what are the kind of that stand up above the rest because i know all of this stuff we've talked about is good and beautiful well i I think all encompass all those things we've just talked about you know it's not just one item you know it's the lighting it's the hardscapes it's what little bit of water feature it's the pizzazz of the plants you use so when you put all those together that's a landscape there you go and when you get somebody like bob coming in with a trained eye to design and look they can see those kind of things and give you the ideas of what you can do to make a big change you may already know well i want a stone walkway uh, but it's kind of cool to have somebody come in and go hey have you thought about this you know have you thought about a water feature you know or have you thought about uh like that sitting area you're talking about uh in a bed and that's that's why we need the designers uh, that know what they're doing to do that. Well, Jason and Bob, so so good to have you in. I really appreciate y'all coming in. Let us pick your brain. No, oh, thank you for having us. It was our pleasure, and it's always fun coming in and spending some time with you. There thank you, you go. Skip. And if you want to find out more, Pierscapes.com or two eight one three seven zero. 
50, 60. 